I'm Kyle Floyd. I'm the CEO and founder of Box Royalty Corp. We're one of the fastest growing royalty companies that specializes in buying third-party royalties. This means we buy revenue, interest, and projects all over the world at an unprecedented pace. Kyle, how are you? Just with the press release, uh, good quarter for you guys. Really good quarter. Uh, excited about this quarter. It's really the continuation of the growth of our business, the execution of our business model, the competitive advantages that we bring um, to bear every single day for our shareholders. So exciting. Uh, I think it's still early stages for Vox and, and what we're accomplishing. But yeah, really a fantastic quarter. And, and Matt, just to quickly put it in perspective, this quarter was essentially our guidance, our initial guidance for all of 2021 when we made that initial maiden guidance announcement back in uh, in early 2021. So this quarter equaled that entire year's worth of revenue that we expected way back then. So very, very significant quarter for us. Yeah, for, I mean, yeah, good. good for, well, you, you've got to be cautious. You've got to, you, you can't overstate. It's not your style. But um, where, where's this coming from? Where, 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 where do you see the revenue coming from? Well, a couple main drivers of, of this revenue. One was, it was the first full quarter from Segalola, which is the royalty covering the Segalola Gold Project in Nigeria, operated by Thor. They're doing a fantastic job right now operating that asset, so a full quarter there. And then also really just continued stabilization in iron ore prices where we've done exceedingly well in our Kulianabing royalty. And so those two royalties were big drivers. I will note what was not in these numbers, which is coming down the pike and what we're really excited about is our Janet Ivy royalty is um, at the tail end of a $400 million expansion, making it the largest heat bleach in all of Western Australia. That incremental revenue is not in this quarter. Zijin, who's the operator, is guided to that kicking in in the second half of this year. So again, you know, excited about where our numbers are going, excited about the projects that are also coming online. We have two additional Western Australian gold projects that we expect to come online this year. Um, and then another, so five producing assets, eight producing assets, really, I would say functioning at a high level across all facets of the business. Okay. So there's, there's, starting to, there's some of the names that are starting to come through and I, you'll be giving some semblance of guidance when, when, I mean, like you've been, you've kind of under, you've been understating stuff. It's very, very hard to read you, sir, because I'm trying, <laughs> trying to work out for the potential here. Cause you talk about doing things the right way. You talk about, you know, the, um, not overpaying for things, um, I'm, and I'm interested in revenue always. Why, why, why wouldn't I be? So, are you? What, what are you? What are you expecting to come through by the end of this year? Now, can you can you kind of restate your numbers? Well, look, analysts had us doing around. I think consensus was six to eight million in revs, and I you know give credit to the analysts covering royalty companies. They've got a lot of work because we've got revenue coming from what we expect to be eight different projects this year. Um, so, you know, that was what analyst guidance is. I can't come out and firmly support that number. Clearly, you know, 1.86 million CAD top line. You know, there's some look through, I guess, that investors could take on, on, on that top line number. But we will probably in the next couple of weeks to a month be coming out with formal guidance for 2022. Needless to say, we're excited about how the portfolio is performing and our expectations for the year. Right. Okay. So, but how, how do I, as a retail guy, re read this? Because you were... Most conversations we're having involve inflation, right? The inflation is hitting producers. Well, it's hitting it's hitting everyone, but it's going to be hitting producers too. That's going to affect their margins, surely. And doesn't that impact on you? Well, Matt, you know we're in a really unique position as a royalty company, and one of the reasons why I founded the company almost a decade ago was to be that company that could withstand 
Um, and frankly, not be exposed to the inflationary pressures. Remember, we're taking a top line revenue interest. We are not exposed to the cost structures of the mining companies, many of which are being heavily afflicted by inflation. So our numbers coming in, you know, we're improving across all profitability metrics, obviously improving uh, our top line. And we're in what I believe is the strongest position we've ever been in a company in a market that's the strongest it's ever been for us as a royalty company. Uh, but a lot of it has to do with the, the nuances and the advantages of the underlying business model and our execution thereof. Well, look, we, we did a royalty panel last week, right? And you know, I think they were trying to tell the story that royalties are anti-inflationary. But what, what does that actually mean? Because you take a percentage of, of the top line margin, right? So it's a net number. Um, so are you truly anti-inflationary? You know, can you avoid the effects of the current market, truly? Well, one, I think, it, yes, if you've got good projects that have uh, that are truly in the lower cost quartile and, and are, you know, frankly, doing great at $1,800 gold, which is, you know, way above what we were expecting in any of the models and expectations we had in terms of doing technical due diligence. So we're, our projects, I think, are generally in very, very good shape. But if you're taking royalties over marginal projects, and there's a lot of companies out there rather guilty of that, um, then you, know, you could be in harm's way. In terms of being anti-inflation, we're just, if we've got good projects that have good operating margins, then you know, we're just not exposed to it. That's, that's the fundamental reality. What we are exposed to is during inflationary times, commodities, especially hard rock commodities, tend to perform exceedingly well. And we've seen the buoyancy in commodity prices really benefit us, increase the reserves, increase the resources, have companies increasing production. You talk about why is the revenue where it's at? The production level of these assets continues to increase. Expansions happen like what's happening with our Janet Ivy royalty. So we're getting all the benefits of an inflationary environment, but not exposed to the main risk of it, which is your cost inputs going up and, and your margins being eaten away by the disease of inflation. So does this come... We're again we spoken to some royalty companies recently. We won't say who, but they're looking at the commodity prices go up three times, four times, right? Four X. Who wouldn't want that? But their share price dropped by 40, 50%, right? So there's a massive disconnect there, obviously. Is that by dint of the fact that it's the, the stage? of the investment, the stage of the company that they're investing into. Is that why they're kind of this kind of blended approach or why you know you guys have talked about we'd like near-term producers or, or producers, but you sometimes have to overpay for those sorts of things. You know, so how, how do you how do you how do you get that balance? And more importantly, what do I look at? For in royalty companies, because I'm, I'm looking at some, some, some. It's easy with the equities. You can go, well, those those projects are slightly marginal, right? Their, their costs are a bit high compared to the price of the commodity. I'm not quite sure that I like the sort of comfort level of, of the margin that they're achieving. For royalty companies, what am I looking at? Look, I you can, I can. I'm oversimplifying, but I'm going to boil it down to one key metric. What's your return on invested capital? If you're targeting a zero to three percent IRR and inflation's at twenty percent, and metal prices aren't appreciating beyond the inflation rate, you've got a problem. And our business has, has generated the best returns on invested capital in the entire sector over the last few years. So our ability to go find value and find good projects at great value, and when I say great projects, that means projects that are performing exceedingly well in terms of their operating margins, that puts you in a, in a different capacity in terms of what you're able to generate for investors and I think some of the royalty companies that have 
flatly put out capital at zero to 3%, zero to 5% IRRs, well, if the metal prices and keeping up with that and production increases aren't happening, that exceed that number and exceed the inflationary effect, um, you're in harm's way. You're in harm's way. And that, that will explain some of the you know, contraction in prices across the sector. And that's happening everywhere. I mean, you're, you're essentially discounting future cash flows. You should be by a much higher rate right now than you were two years ago. So our, what we've picked as projects and how we've invested capital, we had much, much higher IRR thresholds and we've delivered on those. That's not just pie in the sky talk of, oh, I hope the IRR on this ends up being 20 or 30 plus percent. That's actually what's being delivered in our portfolio. And if you look at this number, almost 2 million CAD top line, um, go ahead and extrapolate what that, could, what that could mean on an annualized basis. If you want to just take last year, we've invested 32 million and change into royalties today. So in, in any comp range, any peer range that, that you would include us in, um, we're far exceeding everybody else in, in our peer group in terms of return on invested capital. And how do you do that? You're picking the right projects at the right prices that are actually fulfilling um, the expectations that our technical team had for those projects. Right. So what, so what he was saying there was saying when, when, when times are a little bit tougher, like they are in this, we've seen the last four or five weeks, perhaps the tide goes out and reveals all, um, you get to go and say, I, I told you so, right? I'm buying smart. I told you so. But isn't there an expectation that when the, the metals thematic at the moment, the amount of people looking in from outside means there's going to be a massive groundswell of investors coming into the space where perhaps that's going to cover up a few cracks. That's, that's going to, you know, ex excuse a few loose buying and, and uh, pricing in, in the marketplace. It won't really matter, will it? I mean, I think if you looked at a chart of the royalty sector over the last three months, it hasn't been going the right direction for, for many of the companies in the industry. For some, there are some outliers. But the reality is right now, if you look at our operating metrics, our margins are expanding while most companies' margins are under attack. And I think that's the big difference in our business. Um, a lot of our comp group loses a tremendous amount of money every quarter, and that's accelerating, um, where our business continues to, to make progress and dramatically so. Uh, in terms of the operating metrics and profitability metrics of the business. And you know, looking forward uh, at where we'll be in the future, I think we're on a pretty, uh, a pretty solid flight path right now um, to generating some pretty amazing results for our shareholders and, and very excited by that. So I think the royalty companies that are going to do well are going to be able to show that their business in this type of environment really holds up. And they're going to show that their operating metrics and their margins are actually expanding because we've had consistently high metal prices. Nickel's at great prices. Copper's at great prices. Gold is at a fantastic price, $1,800 gold. I see nothing wrong with $1,800 gold. Can it go higher? Certainly. Could it go lower? Maybe. But our business is really, really strong at those levels. That's incentivizing the projects that we have royalties over. That level of gold, like Janet Ivy, that's going to be the largest heap leach project in Australia. They're making those commitments. That was a $400 million investment because at $1,800 gold, that project's going to do very, very well. So that's why our business is in such strong shape. We're not exposed to the inflationary pressures. We're exposed to great projects that are doing, frankly, very, very well at these metal prices.